three. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with the Future. I am your host, Lacomita Mangelo, joined this week by the legend himself. You got him. He's here. You wanted him, and I got him down. The rowdy one, killer, Tim Kilroy. How you doing, rowdy? I'm doing good, Ants. How you doing, man? I'm doing, you know what, brother? You look like a six-foot-three leprechaun tonight. You're looking oh, very, that's very that, Irish. That's what, exactly, exactly, <laughs> man. Looking good. Well, I'll tell you what. We got a hell of a show tonight. We have 235 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. He is a poor woman's pet, a man's regret. He is a rich woman's lover and a poor woman's dream. They call him the continental lover. Eddie Mansfield, live and in color. How you doing, baby? Hey, I'm I'm live and in color with you, brother. And uh, just ready to rock this, this joint, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, you have uh, graced our show previously. Yep. Um, you are one of our most sought-after guests. I had to bring you back. Okay. Um, we I got. Uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. It's a straight shooting, but I want to tell you straight. Uh, people love you here. They really, really do. Um, got the, I got to my friend, the, the rowdy one here. He is a he is quite the legend here in New Jersey. Uh, oh, every wrestling it? promotion. Is, knows, he a, yeah. is, is, he a, is he a legend in his own mind, or is he actually a legend? No, he's a, he's a real, live, living, walking, breathing legend for sure. Okay. Just Honestly, because I'm, no, I'm telling just you shit. Hey, 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 just checking. Yeah, no, I, I, that's straight shooting from me. You know, look, if it's coming out of my mouth, it's a shoot, bro. You know me. I got no time for bullshit. You know about that. I don't know about that, Ange. <laughs> so, listen, since uh, since it's, uh, it's the legend's first time with us, Tim, fire away. You got the continental lover, Eddie Mansfield. How did you get into professional wrestling, and um, where did your go kart start from, and where did where did you end up at? Well, I uh, my first year was uh, I was rookie of the year at the NWA, and uh, from there I went on to be you know one of the top ten guys in the whole damn business, and. Uh, and you, you get that way by working very hard and knowing how to get yourself over. And uh, I drew money everywhere I went because I'm just damn good, Robbie. You know? And when you're good, you're good. And uh, a lot of people think they're good, but I was good. And uh, when, when you, you start comparing, you, you just got to know how to get over. And that's what's the problem with guys today. They don't really know how to get over. And uh, when you, you do promos, you not only got to do promos the correct manner and the correct way to get over, you also got to, you know, follow that up with your in-ring action. And if you can't work, you know, why bother? That's exactly right. And why, what, you know, and most of the days, uh, the, the workers that start today now, they want to be prima damas and go from bottom to top within a week and that ain't how to happen well you know it's, it, you got to kind of put your time in and, and learn i was i was very fortunate that i was blessed with a lot of talent and um 
and I knew how to mix both of them together. And I got to the top pretty quick and I surrounded myself with a lot of good people. And that's the key. And uh, I worked with a lot of great baby faces because I was a heel my whole career. And oh I enjoy that, you know. And, you know, I know you got a lot of fans out there that, that really like me. And they and I, I appreciate them very much. And uh, when I look at things, I'm glad that I was a heel. And I was, I put myself in that position. I was, I was stabbed seven times. And, uh, and so, you know, you got to have some heat to get stabbed seven times. Well, I got a question for you, brother. They, they say that the best workers in the business, the best personalities are your, is, is your own personality cranked up to 11. All right. Now, yeah. in, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, I know you. Okay. Yeah. And, and people, and I do know Eddie. He's a great guy. But I don't see you. Perhaps I'm looking at you in different eyes. But I don't see you as that 235-pound, arrogant, you know, full-of-himself guy that run rap shot across Southwest Championship Wrestling and, you know, gave Joe Blanchard a bunch of headaches. I don't see well, that. So how do well, you only, ramp only, up? Hey, you know, Angelo, the only headaches I gave Joe Blanchard was when, when, when the bachelor didn't pay me. And so, you know, when I'm selling out and me and Casey are, are putting millions of dollars uh, a month in a bank, I question myself for my money. And that's why I've always had a, you know, that's why I got my money. Scott Casey will probably tell you, he's been on your show, that Eddie Mansfield made sure he got his money. Oh, and absolutely. He's, it is. Yeah, well, Scott has, as, as Point Blank said, were it not for, and he, saw, he said it on the show, we have the tape for people to listen to. Scott Casey said, Point Blank, were it not for Eddie Mansfield, there were nights he wouldn't have got paid. And that's well, the truth. That's a shoot. That, that's well, a straight that's up cool. shoot. Well, so how you know, does bottom line is, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't get in this, I didn't get in the wrestling business to play games. I got in the wrestling business to make money. Absolutely. And that's just like I do in my, my, my regular business, guys. You know, it's called the wrestling business. Without the business, there's no wrestling. So Absolutely. So whether it's no business, you know, there's there's no sure. show without the, the, the business. And so you got to take care oh, of the yeah. business. And so if you're putting asses in seats every night, you expect to get your money. You bet you, you better believe it. Absolutely. So and then I, I happen I happen to have enough stroke, you know, being the number one hill in, in Southwest Championship Wrestling history. Uh yeah. that that I used that that leverage that I had to make sure that I got my money. And Absolutely. So, and sure. if you know if they call me an asshole, if they call me hard to deal with, you know something? They were hard to deal with. Why would I even have to ask you? I just drew you twenty two thousand damn people. And I, I got to ask for my money. You should be rolling down the damn aisle to give me a damn a wheelbarrow full of cash. Hey, there you go. So, let, Eddie, let's talk about this. The characters. These uh, these days you have guys, uh, they're, they're, they're not in the wrestling business, but they're, they're called character development personnel, okay? Back yeah. in your day when you wrestled, 
Uh-huh. You were responsible for creating your own character, your own personality, yeah. getting yourself over. How did right. the, where did the Continental Lover come from? Well, the Continental Lover came from uh, myself and uh, a person that that was a real real good friend of mine uh, that will remain nameless. Okay. And uh, and uh, but. It was really for me. Um, I just I looked at myself as something different. I said I got to be different, and and what's going to separate me? It's like my all my sayings, all my sayings are mine. You yeah. know, I created two hundred thirty pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, a rich woman's love and a full girl's dream, and stuff like that. That's me, and you know you can't take that away from me. And oh sure, and right. so what I did. Is, is like I've told you before. I said, when I got my heat in the ring, you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but when I got my heat, I got my heat like a six foot six pound of bitch, and I would tear you a new asshole. And so that's just the way it is. I'd move tables, I'd move chairs. It didn't matter. I'd go in the stands. You know, you just do what you got to do to draw them, that money. And Absolutely. You know, you, just, you can't be afraid. You just got to keep getting it. You know, and, yeah. You know, when you saw Eddie Mansfield, you got your money's worth. Oh, you damn sure did. That's that's for sure. I know Rowdy's got some questions for you, brother. Go ahead, Rowdy. All right. So we're talking about South Southwest Championship Wrestling. All right. The question yep. I have is, do you feel the territories were better better than McMahon going global? And did you think WrestleMania would evolve the way it did? Well, uh, the qu- the first question is, uh, I can't understand myself as a business person how 35 territories cut and run when Vince McMahon took three stars. Okay, bottom line is, the whole wrestling business was made by creating talent, creating stars. And how do you create stars? With television. And and a lot of these... these uh, these NWA guys, which means no wealth allowed, but uh, is is that they had 35 territories. Okay? Well, they said, well, McMahon came in and, you know, stole their talent or whatever he did. Well, by God, you you built that guy, made him a star, or you're not creative enough to to do another one. And then they would come up and say, oh, well, this McMahon stole my television. Well, guess what, guys? There's, there's three other stations in that same town that would love to have your program. So go to somewhere else and put it on again. So, you know, for, for them to cut and run, I, I think that they cut and run because they were scared to death that the IRS would come get their happy ass because they've been stealing so much money and treating the guys like second-class citizens. And that's what happened. And that's, that's the bottom line with that. And Go ahead, Rowdy. Well, well, I'm going to ask. Let me let me finish answer this question. So oh, I'm sorry. About, sure. Go ahead. So when you ask about WrestleMania, you know how WrestleMania took place, Rowdy. I, you, you know how it really took place. Well, WrestleMania took place by the Briscoes selling Georgia Championship wrestling and their shares of Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon in return 
sold it to, to uh, Jim Crockett for, I think, $2 million. And, and Vince McMahon took up $2 million, and he made WrestleMania. That's how WrestleMania took place with Jim yeah. Crockett's money. And so it was really the NWA that made the WWE. So it's really a funny scenario when you laugh, you know, it was just a good business move. And it was a good business move on the Briscoes because oh, he had a lifetime job, you know, until uh, Vince said, you know, that's enough. I, I, I done gave you enough free ride. Jerry Briscoe, have a nice day. And that's yeah. what happened. But he did that with a lot of people, though, Eddie. I got a question for you. I was reading something today. Um, I wasn't even aware that this was a thing at the time. But superstar Billy Graham claimed the uh, catchphrase, twisted steel and sex appeal. The, uh, the weight amount varied depending on the wrestler. Um, likewise, Gino Hernandez, the late Gino Hernandez, also, well, Gino, Gino, excuse me, Gino stole that fucker from me. Believe me. Well, that's what I was going to go. Um, yeah, uh, I, Gino I, Hernandez, I he stole that from me. Well, and and so let's uh, let's just you know cut to the chase on that. Um, there were several people who laid claim to that. I want to tell people you are hearing it from the horse's mouth. Eddie Mansfield did, in fact. Come up with the catchphrase, 235 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, uh, a rich woman's lover and a poor woman's dream, poor girl's dream. That was right. Eddie, and I know that Absolutely. factually. So, and I wanted to put the kibosh on that one, Eddie, on the show yeah. and yeah. hear it from your mouth. Go ahead, Rowdy. It's all you, bro. Well, it is. I mean, you know, I came up with it, and, you know, the other people wanted to coin my phrase, you know, when I left Southwest. But, you know, the difference is there would have never been a Southwest Championship Wrestling if it wasn't for myself and Scott Casey. Absolutely. We, Absolutely. we, put, we, put, we made Southwest Championship Wrestling relevant. You know something? Me and Wahoo McDaniel were the first two guys ever on national syndicated uh, television on, on TBS at 605 on a Saturday night and, 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 and uh, 1030 on USA Network on a Sunday. Wally yeah. McDaniel and myself were the first guys to ever do that in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Two different so there's networks. There's a lot of first that Eddie Mansfield has done, you know, and all the, you know, and when people start seeing and they start examining my career, all of a sudden they say, God, you know, Eddie Mansfield is a hell of a lot better than anybody ever thought about, you know, and, yeah. and because they well, tried to bury my ass, Ole Anderson, that no good prick, he tried to bury me, but he couldn't. You can't bury, you, you know, I got talent. You know, you can't stop talent. Talent can never, ever be stopped. And they tried to stop me, and they couldn't stop me. And so the Eddie, bottom line is, I just did what I needed to do. Eddie, you've always been a lightning rod. What is it about you that is <laughs> that is so um, divisive among the masses? You either... Love Eddie Mansfield like, you know, like he's the second coming or you can't stand the bastard. Right. I happen to be one of those who, who thinks that you are the bomb diggity. I love you. You know that. We talked about well, it. I appreciate that. Yeah. No? Well, you know. So, but you have, you have yeah. you're one of those guys, Eddie, that, you you know, there's you're cut and dry, man. You either love him 
or you or don't. You hate them. Yeah, exactly, Rowdy. Rowdy, ad- yeah, address but- that. Address that with him. Yeah, you know, like I said, you know, there's a lot of people, right? A lot of things you either love them or you hate them. You know, it's like a love-hate relationship between the Heat and the, the wrestlers. You know, if you, if you, you understand but, what I'm but, saying. But, but, but Rowdy, I just got to tell you, the fans love me, and the and the people who don't like me, you think I I give two knobs of goat shit whether they like me or not? <laughs> I mean, do you really think I care? No, you probably no. don't, you know. Because I know what's in your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing about it is, is that, you know, I'm not on the street corner, you know, and so I'm doing pretty good. Oh, I and know you are. God bless you, brother. So let's... Uh, what, yeah, I, I wanted so to... Angela, uh, Hey, yes, sir. for all those those Eddie Mansfield haters, won't you tell them what Eddie Mansfield's worth? Well, according to the publicly released documents, Eddie is worth somewhere between twenty six and twenty nine million dollars, and that's not that's bad for legit. a white guy, huh? And, and that's legit. That's a straight shoot. Those are real numbers. That well, those are not know, my numbers. Those are from Forbes magazine. By the way, those are from you know, Forbes. Not, not bad, you know. Not I don't I don't do too bad when I make Forbes magazine, do I? No, it's got a list of all the the you know wealthiest people. Yeah. You no. Know? And so you know when people hate me, they, they hate me because I'm successful. They hate and I me when just I nailed it. You know, and, and I don't really give a shit. You know, I'm all about winning the game, and I'm winning the game of life. That is the most important game to win. Amen. And you know, the, the bottom line is this. You either take no prisoners or you take all the prisoners. And you notice they were releasing all these prisoners. And they, it's not working too well. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yep. You know, I kind of I kinda like, I like the way I do things because it seems to work. You know, I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty damn close to being perfect. You know that? And you're also very humble. <laughs> I am, you know. Well, yeah, why not? I am humble. Rowdy, what I'm questions have you for the Continental Lover? All right. Now I'm going to get a little deep down. Do it. Well, get on you, down, brother. With what you know now, your All segment right. on 2020, would you do it again or would you do things differently? Okay, I'm going to answer that question with a, with a really good answer for you. All right? Number one, I got hosed on that, on that segment. Now, if I would have, uh, if I'd have been as uh, smart as I am now in the television business, I would have got final edit on that show, and I didn't. And so it turned in, and instead of comparing um, – you know, pro wrestling to Major League Baseball, uh, NBA, NFL, and NHL, and what how they took care of their professional athletes, and wrestling being a billion-dollar industry and how it takes care of its professional athletes, that's what the show was supposed to be. And it turned into an ego piece for that son of a bitch, 
John Stoffel. And and so that's that's why where it went. Now, if I had to do it over again, I would have final edit. That's the only thing I did wrong. And that's because I was so young in the in the television business at that time, you know, I didn't require the final edit and I should have. And and I would have got to show that that I actually recorded. Eddie, how much ended up on the uh, cutting room floor? Oh, 95%. Oh, my God. Mm. You mean that if 95%? You ever, if you ever, yeah, if you ever read the transcript, you, 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 it'll tell you the whole fucking thing. Yeah, and, I, I have not seen the transcript. I will Yeah, I will I reach mean, out it, to get a hold of it. Yeah, because I, I told them not to interview David Schultz. They did everything I told them not to do. Everything. Yeah. And, and so, it's pretty clear Stossel walked into that interview. He, he knew he was going to walk out with a payday. I mean, that's well, all there did, is to it. You know, Southern Angelo, yeah. the bottom line is when I did when I did Vice, and I did that, I, I mean, I, I did one hell of an interview for Vice. Oh, yeah, they, I have it. Yeah, you know, and they, they that show with me on it went up over 20%, almost 25% of ratings. When you bring on Eddie Mansfield, I am ratings, buddy. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm a ratings king. I know how to put asses in seats. I know how to put eyeballs on TV. And that's just what I'm good at. <clears throat> Go ahead, killer. That's all you, brother. Okay, so. Being on the production side of things now with your production company. Yep. With the wrestling, if you if you did that with a wrestling side, would there be a different perspective now than it would back then in the 80s? Well, you must not know much about Eddie Mansfield, Rowdy. Go do your homework. Uh, I used to own the third largest wrestling federation in the fucking world. And I based it, I was the first guy to ever soundstage professional wrestling out of Universal Studios. I was the first guy ever to have a production deal with Universal out of the wrestling business. And I had that for 14 years. Does that answer your question? And I had RVD. I created the Smoking Guns. Yeah. I had, I had you know, yep. Mondo Green worked for me. He went on to be uh, uh, Demento in the WWE. Everybody who worked for me, I mean, even Thunder and Lightning. Pharma uh, went on to be uh, the bogus thing. I mean, everybody who worked for me, I trained Kevin Kelly, play-by-play guy. Yeah. I mean, he could, mm -hmm. you know, I gave him his, I gave him his name. His name's Kevin Foot. I gave him Kevin Kelly. And so, when you create people, I know how to create stars and make stars. And uh, if you listen to RBD's, you know, Hall of Fame, Hall of, Hall of Fame speech, he thanked Eddie Mansfield twice. And there's a reason for that. You know, Eddie Mansfield knows what the hell he's doing. You know, when I do stuff, I do the right thing. It's like now, I'm getting ready. I just signed a deal with Sirius XM Radio. And we're going to be nationwide. And I'm going to announce right now on this on this damn show who's going to be my co-host. There you go. An exclusive. Uh, an exclusive, yeah. And her name is Sunny. You ever heard Sunny? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Patricia Absolutely. Sunny. 
or she's going to be my co-host. And it's going to be a hit-ass show. I know that young lady well. Tell her I said hi. It's been a long time since I've seen her. But she she and Chris... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. She's really, really good. And uh, you you know me, Angelo. If she wasn't great, you know, she's just really, really good. And uh, she's better than good. She's a damn big star. A lot of people know her. And, And, you know... Sunny from Glow, it doesn't get any better than that one. Yeah, tell you what, absolutely good stuff. And the, and the name of the show is Mouth and Off, all over the world. I love it. I love it. Mouth and Off. <laughs> Go ahead, mm-hmm. Jim. It's yours, brother. So, <clears throat> what? What? How many championships have have you? had in your in your career probably 22 and i didn't want one of them you understand that i never needed a freaking belt to draw money can you know, we talk about san, that Eddie? when i was yeah when i was in san antonio they tried to give me the southwest championship belt i told them hell no i don't want no southwest championship belt i said and i'm the one who put gino and um tully together where me and Scott could have a top spot. So I was, I, I told the Indian, which is Wahoo McDaniel, and I told Wahoo, I said, Wahoo, put Gino and Tully together, give them the belt. Then that way, Wahoo, you and Ivan Pusky, you and Tiger Conway Jr. or or uh, Guerrero could work, you know, tags, you know, with, with these two guys that had yeah. to, you know, they had to sleep. With. Tully Blanchard always had to have a belt because he has to sleep yeah. with a belt. You know, Eddie, can we, can we, can we, um, explore the psychology behind that? I want to, I want to pull back a part of the onion a little bit. All right. If if you'll, if you'll allow me and I'd like us to talk about it. It's, It's always been said that people who can't work or can't draw, you put a belt on them. People who can draw. People who are heat magnets don't need a belt because they can get themselves over. Is that, right. is that the, to your knowledge, the way it was well, and the way it should be? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, when I was in Los Angeles, shit, I had three belts at one time. And I didn't want a damn one of them. I was America's heavyweight champion and, and one half of the America's tag team champions with uh, Leroy Brown. But I didn't right. want all of that, you know, because I could draw without a belt. And, and I proved it everywhere I've been. Oh, you sure. know, whether it was in Atlanta, whether it was in Knoxville, whether it was in Pensacola. I mean, where it's Southwest Championship Wrestling. I mean, anywhere I went, I drew because, you know, I didn't need a pacifier. My pacifier was the heat. Exactly. You know, I could generate more heat by accident than most people could by trying. I mean, you think people hate me now. Could you imagine when I was really cutting promos? And doing my thing in the ring. That's oh, brother, I'm going to tell you something. As as you and I are speaking right now, people at home watching this show, and, you know, Killer can tell you, the rowdy one can tell you, behind me is one of your greatest promos ever playing on the screen behind me. Yep. So people well, at home are watching that, this man. promo, and this is the uh, 
Southwest uh, Championship Wrestling. You're being interviewed in mid-ring, and you are just wailing on Scott Casey, calling him everything but white and human. <laughs> well, you know, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah, I hear you, brother. But, let, yeah. Eddie, you know, me and the killer, before we went on the air, we yeah. had a little conversation. I want you to kind of settle something for me. Okay. The, the mindset and the psychology between Southern wrestling fans and Northern wrestling fans. Why do fans of WWE interact and react differently than fans of WCW, NWA, uh, World Class, Southwest? Why is there such a disconnect even among the fans themselves? Because Rowdy and I, you know this, Eddie, right. we, we are from the Northeast. We both grew up yeah. here in the New York, New Jersey area. Uh-huh. Well, so you what, know, what's the disconnect? That, you, you know what, Angelo, I just got to tell you, I got over so big in New York because, you know, our tapes were going in and in, in, out of L.A. into New York. And I got I got thousands of fan letters when I was, at, you know, in Los Angeles, out of New York all the time. And I had I had that crossover appeal to northern and southern because the, the things that I did, you know, I did stuff that normal people don't do you know what i mean in the wrestling business and yeah so, you know whether it was me burning sombrero hats and you know chugging tortillas to mexicans you know whatever you know it doesn't really matter i did whatever it took to get over <laughs> and, so, and then and plus in all things I'm, I'm you know i'm wrestling with all the L, uh new york guys anyway from yeah, Mr. Rivera. you know one of my biggest feuds was pedro morales the late great pedro morales uh, that was one of my first big feuds when I went the, there. One the of first, the best. The first, the first guy I ever wrestled was a sellout at the Olympic Auditorium was Mill Masters. Ah, Mill, yes. Man of the thousand masks. I always love Mill. I have wonderful, I have wonderful things to say about LA, even though I was stabbed there three times, you know, and so it's you know, it's just one of those things, you know. You ask for it and you get it. Just be careful what you ask for sometimes, you know? Yeah, because you just might get it. So, Ange, oh, you'll get it. You'll get it already. You ain't yeah. got <laughs> to worry about it, you know? Yes, sir. So, ahead, what do you what do you think, Ange, if, if, if it was the heyday between now and him and Eddie Mansfield, him versus the rowdy one, who would win? He'd mop the floor with you, brother. <laughs> Shit. He climbed yeah, you far hey, hey, Rowdy. Hey, you know, you may be behind a mic, but let me tell you something. You get in the ring with me, you better bring it. Because I'm a 60-minute guy. And I'll, I'll have you up and down. I'll have you blowing up in about seven, eight minutes. I wouldn't yeah. doubt it. I wouldn't and doubt it have, it have me blow up, blown up. Oh, I'll blow you up so fast to make your head swim. Well, so, I'll tell you, know, you what, you know... um, <laughs> I took many years ago, when, you know, Rowdy and I, we've known each other almost 40 years. That's crazy. Uh -huh. A long time. I took him to see uh, a friend of mine, the late, great, the nature boy, Buddy Rogers. Yeah. And we went I'm, to I'm a training Buddy. seminar. Yeah. Now, right. Buddy, Buddy was in his 60s at the time. 
built right. like a brick shit house, and still built like a brick shit house, and took Rowdy to town and took him downtown. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Yeah. Yes, she you know, did. You know, Rowdy always remember this: never get in with guys that that are, uh, you know, got a little season in them. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Because they'll check your oil real quick. You know what I mean? Especially when that guy was was world champion. <laughs> yeah, a couple of times, right? And so it's like, you know, you just have to, uh, you know, respect. You have to respect, the, you know, your place. That's it. You got to know your place and respect your place until you earn the right to be somewhere else. And that's just the way I work. Eddie, I want to play. Um, I want to play what if right now. Okay. I want to play what if right now. Okay, what if Eddie Mansfield were in charge of wrestling in 2021? You have you are the czar of wrestling, kind of like what Vince is doing right now, or right. used to do. Let's put it that way. What he used to do. Um, what's the first thing you do to bring people back to wrestling? Because I'm seeing. Well the, first, well, the first thing I would do, Angelo, is fire all of them guys that that say that they can write. Number one, they've never taken a bump in the ring. They're they're not exactly. qualified to write exactly. professional wrestling. And exactly. number one, I fire every one of them. We'll bring in guys that that are bookers and and knew how to book and and really build characters. You know, you gotta you got right now wrestling is full of vanilla vanilla wrestling. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it, it, I don't like if it. One guy, if one guy gets hurt, well, what happened to Indians? What happened to Cowboys? What happened Thank to all you. These different gimmicks? You know what I mean? Like it's just all vanilla. You know, if you Eddie, get hurt, what happened to the midgets? Muscle head in there and be done with it. And you know, what happened to the midgets? What happened to the women? Wait, well, yeah. Now, see, you know, Absolutely. the women that it, it's to me. Yeah, the women are, are, are good wrestlers. They are good workers. They they do know the do, do what they do. But where where is I'm not talking sex, but where is the sex appeal? You know, where is the well, that's what that's that's what Eddie is saying. They're all vanilla. There's no flavor. Right. right. There is nothing there now. You know? You got well, one it, flavor it, it, to pick from vanilla. You know, when you you start bitching about something when you bitch about something, you need to have a, a, you know, an answer to your bitch. Okay. So if, if, if you have fault with, with something, you got to fix it. Okay. If, if it's, it's a short end, whether it's women or the guys, you know, you got to fix it. You got to, you got to bring in, you got to bring in guys that can do the job, bring in girls that can do their job and, and bam, that, that's the way it works. It's very simple. It's a very simple philosophy. You got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. If you know how to work, that's what your your match is: a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. And and you know that's a lost art now. Oh my God, is it absolutely? You know, Eddie, there was a guy that was um, back in the 1990s, largely responsible for what we call the Attitude Era. It's a guy named yeah. Vince Russo, uh, who I know personally, who's been on the show. Three times yeah. already, three, four times. Todd was very uh, tired when he made Vince Russo. Well, here, here's my question about that. And you, you may okay. be going right where right where I want you to go. Is there a place for a guy like Vince Russo now? 
No. Granted, he, in my opinion, never, and never, I like never ever was, and he should have never been there. Okay, and my opinion is that he was a one-trick pony that got lucky. Boy, I'd call him a half a nut pony. How about that? I mean, there you he, go. Yeah, I mean, believe me. You know, he's he's like the south end of a northbound mule. <laughs> Oh, you kill me with that. I love that. That's one of my favorite Mansfieldisms. Right. <laughs> Fourth end of a southbound mule. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I look at Vince Russo, you know, it's kind of like a saying I always say, you know, it's better have hope in your soul than hope in your old. I and know. So, you know, that's the kind of guy he is, you know. So. Yeah, but so, Eddie, you're in charge of wrestling now. What do you do? What? Well, I just told you, I bring in a bunch of bookers who, who really know how to build talent, and then I'll, I'll start creating really make stars again. That's a and really I'll, good You know what yeah, I'll do is I'll, I'll make heels heels. See, there's no nobody. The problem with, with this Internet age is that uh, wrestlers don't want to be hated. They want to be loved. You know, well, as a heel, I don't want, is, let me tell you something. Let yeah. me, you know, Angelo. You know, I used to have kids come up to me all the time when I'm wrestling Scott Casey. And I'd be sticking my head out the, you know, the dressing room door watching the match. And they, they would come up and ask me for an autograph. You know what I used to do? I'd yeah, you probably... I'd sign best wishes, Scott Casey, to them, you know? Exactly. And so, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know I, I just, that's the way I am. And Well, Eddie Mansfield, I, I will say this, and I'll say it for the whole world. You played your part well. You were the you were the heel, and you played the role of the heel from the time you got out of your car to the time you left the building to go back home. Right. That and that's missing. They don't know. Nobody understands that you are your character from the time you pull in the parking lot to the time you leave. They don't yeah, get well, that. I, yeah. The only time I wasn't, you know, the Continental Lover is when I was at home. Well, that, that's and, uh, exactly right. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. And and I never dropped my guard, you know, when I was in public or anything. And that's what they're doing wrong. It, you know, well, it's going to be a heel, be a, be a, you know, be a heel. You know, if you want to be a baby face, be a baby face. But, well, you know, you, can't, that's, that's you exactly. can't be a heel that you want people to like. I don't want to. I used to. I, I would never let people. They wanted to like me so bad. Yeah. You know. But I would just piss them off so, so much that they had to hate me. Okay, then, well, let's, that's the, a great segue. Yeah, I used to have but, the announcer say, you know, people hate Eddie Mansfield. You know, I, I, yeah. I drilled it in their damn head. They hate well, Eddie Mansfield. I wanted them to hate me. Well, here's the thing, Eddie, Then because you're going right there. You know, again, Rowdy and I had this conversation. And, and it, I can remember and Rowdy can remember the moment it changed. It was when Steve Austin and Bret Hart went in as Bret was the face, Austin was the heel. By the end of the match, they were cheering Austin and booing Bret. That right. it was that moment when when bad became good and good became bad. What the fuck happened to our wrestling, brother? Well, it, where's it, the psychology? Know, it, it, That's what I'm getting at, Eddie. Where's the psychology? Well, it, it's been left. I mean, it, it doesn't exist anymore. And, uh, 
when you look at it from a business standpoint, it, it's really bad. And uh, somebody needs to fix it. And I'm not going to fix it because I, you know, I got too much to fix. I, I, I got too much on my plate now. But I can tell you one thing that uh, if I was in charge of a, a wrestling federation, I would damn sure do things differently. I can tell you that. Well, I, I got a question. What happened to the uh, XWF? Oh, the one I produced and wrote? Yes, sir. Uh, well, I had him a deal with, uh, yeah, that's when uh, Vince went to Spike, and I had him a deal with uh, well, USA Network. And what okay, happened was, gotcha. they, and, but, but USA Network only wanted to do a barter with them where they could prove themselves, right? Yeah, and yeah. So the other guys, they wanted to get paid. And I told him, I said, you're not going to get paid. I said, Vince McMahon didn't get paid when he first got on here. He had to prove that he could pull the ratings. And so sometimes you got to, you know, do a barter, which they would have still made money because they'd be selling natural ads. But that's what happened to that show. Greed. Yeah. Greed, you know, greed killed that damn federation. And, you know, I had a lot of good guys on that, too. I mean, yeah. I, I'm the guy who produced and directed Hulk Hogan's Return to the Ring. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Here, the other thing that, that uh, Rowdy and I were talking about, and maybe, Rowdy, if you want to talk to him about the Universal Wrestling Federation you and I were talking, well, Eddie, what was the, we wanted to find out your involvement, if any, with Universal, with uh, uh, Herb Abrams. No, Herb Abrams, no, not at all. I don't even know Herb Abrams. Okay, all right. Well, I wasn't sure. There was, um, some speculation again, you know, the wrestling rumor mill that it, it keeps on rolling. Um, yeah, so you that, didn't have any you know, involvement with Herb Abrams. Now, that's that's 99.9 and you know, almost 100% lie. You know, I don't even know Herb Abrams. You know, I never right. knew those guys. I came in after the fact, I started the uh, the IWF, right? You know, at Universal, it had nothing to do with Herb Abrams or anybody. Right. Herb Abrams didn't have a damn contract with Universal. I did. Eddie Mansfield did. Well, there was one years. guy there. There was there was one guy that that, that did reach out to you at Universal. At the one Mr. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Would you tell short, everybody? Was, tell the rowdy one. Short conversation. Yeah, let let's tell everybody what what happened. No, and, I'm gonna let you tell him, Angelo. That's the story of legend right there. ATM, it, it is a story of legend. ATM Eric called me and wanted to come into Universal. And so what did I tell him, Angelo? You told him, go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's, you know, shit happens, you know. Yes, right? sir. Go ahead, Rowdy. All right, so, wrestling now. Okay, so Vince McMahon, he 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 doesn't want bleeding. He doesn't want any blood anywhere like that. Back, way back in the eighties and seventies, yeah. was was gigging. Oh, we got a phone call coming in. We got a phone call coming in. Got a phone call coming in. You are on the air with Eddie Shield. 
Hey. Hey, Hello, you are on the Jesse. air with Eddie Mansfield, the continental lover. Yeah, how is Eddie? Eddie's doing me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, well, this Eddie, is your Eddie, gal Eddie, in Texas. Eddie, I, I can tell what gal in Texas is calling me. Oh, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so when, when's my check coming, dude? The kids are hungry. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Hey, that's that, yeah, that your son. Yeah. Well, you know, you need to go to work. I'm hey, I don't even have any kids. That's Scott Casey's kids you're taking care of. Good <laughs> you know? Oh, that little, little barefoot, little redneck, nasty-talking little idiots, you know? <laughs> well, don't be talking about my kids that way, child. Good hey. Lord. Hot damn. You need, to, you need to get that money from Scott Casey. Is this yeah, well, I might as well that's wish your, that's one your mama's daddy. That's it. That's what it is. Is this Millie? <laughs> this is this yeah, is the Contessa, yes. How, yes, how you darling, doing? You can call me Contessa. We're good. How are you? Uh, All we, right. we can't find the podcast, so we just got brave and called. Donna, yeah, say hello to Eddie. Hi, Eddie. Hey, how you doing, sweetie? We got everybody here tonight. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, everybody tells us what I do. But, uh, hey, Billy, you need to go find that nanny goat rider. I was going to say, I, the only thing that would be better right now is if Scott Casey called in. <laughs> well, you know what? I might can arrange that. He, I just sent his butt back to Arkansas today. But he's going to pack his bags, and he's going to move to Texas. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. He better, or we're going to go get him and beat his ass every step. There you go. (laughs) Well, thank you for calling in, sweetie. How long has it been since you you heard from Eddie? I haven't talked to Eddie in a couple of weeks. I think he's avoiding me. Oh, boy. I, I hey. think he, he don't want to send money to the kids or something. please? Hey, let me tell you what? something, you little filthy mouth redneck. You go <laughs> hey, you go back there and you take care of them little Scott Casey little little rug rats you got running around there. <laughs> and you have Scott Casey to send you some meal money. That's what you need. Oh okay. my god. Throw her a couple dollars. Throw her a quarter. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. better be glad I like you because you know what Texas you know what Texas women will do to your balls. Oh Lordy. Oh shit. Well you already done that to Casey. You took him from a fucking bull to a pill. Oh shit. You know? there you go. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Oh my god. Y'all are so bad. I'm going to hang up and I'm going to call Casey and tell him to call y'all. Well, that's what. No, don't you do that. Don't run my show. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> don't run your show. <laughs> Go feed oh, him your nasty well, redneck mouth kids of yours. 
You know hey, that? that boy is back in Bigfoot country. He probably don't even have cell service. I'm well, serious. That, yeah, that's it's where me. he needs to be, Bigfoot country. Oh, no, yeah. oh, no. I told him he needs to get out of Arkansas just so he can, like, call somebody. He can't. Yeah, he's exactly. in the middle of it's, nowhere. He's in Florida so you can call somebody. Brother, hey, I'm hey, going to tell you what. He's, hey, he's Angela, in the middle of nowhere. You, you had a hell of a show going, and you just screwed it up. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'll let you go, Mr. Mansfield. <laughs> uh, thank you, Millie. Go feed them little uh-huh. nasty mouth little rednecks you got around there. <laughs> oh, oh, Scott Casey. That, that little Scott Casey kids running around. Thanks for calling us, darling. Thank you. Take care. All right. Be good, Millie. Bye bye. Bye bye. Nice. Be good, Millie. That's great. That that Millie, she's the a friend of ours, a friend of Scott and uh, Rowdy. Friend of mine. You, you got introduced. Uh, indoctrinated the hard way tonight. <laughs> so we yeah, broke right. you open. The, we broke you open the hard way tonight. <laughs> uh, here you yeah. go. All right. So let me. So go ahead. Take the questions question. there, Rowdy. All right. So nowadays, McMahon doesn't want blood. You know, can't see blood, right? You have steel cage matches, right? And there's no blood, right? So way back in the seventies or eighties. Did you need gigging to tell the story? Well, I could gig so, let me tell you something. I could gig so well, you could hit me in midair and I could gig and I'd, I'd come up, I'd be bleeding all over, you know? It's just, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's a different era. It's a, you know, it's a different time in the world. You know, you know, we went through the AIDS crisis. We went through, you know, hepatitis C, went through all this other stuff that you really don't need to be, you know, doing that anymore. And, you know, because there's so many things out there today that, that wasn't before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it's a whole different world. It's a, a whole different climate. And you got to look at it that way. You know, it's the same way I produce television shows. Yeah. And, and or the same way I'm going to do the radio show with, with uh, Sonny, Patricia, uh, Sutherland, is, is that we're going to attack certain things and attack it, you know, in, in a good way. But right. you have to, you know, it's just a different era. And you got to yeah. you got to deal with it, and you got to deal with it the way you got to deal with it. And whether it's uh, keeping the uh, FCC happy or whoever, you just have to just be out well, smart. Well, you know, Eddie, that I, I would have at one point, and, and let's just, it's a good question, Rowdy. Thank you for, for bringing that one up. Um, there was a point in time... When I would have said no, you can't tell an effective story without the use of uh, blood or some dramatic effect. But then, boy, I'm sure talking. Kid. Well, here's the thing, though. As you as you were speaking, it what conjured my mind was those old westerns from back in the fifties, right? Where you see the Lone Ranger shoot somebody. The guy yeah, falls down blood, dead, but he never killed anybody, you know. Right. Well, and 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 yeah, and uh, an old western where you know the you know the bad guy shoots somebody, right? Uh-huh. They hit the ground, never, never a drop of blood. You know, he right. grabs his stomach like he got shot, 
and then falls to the ground. You never question where's the blood because, first of all, you didn't care. Right. You wanted to see the bad guy get his comeuppance. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can understand to some degree, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I still believe that in some regard, and this is just my opinion, I still believe in some regard for effective storytelling and for dramatic license, sometimes it's necessary, you know, to break open some skin. Yeah. Well, I did a, many, a million times. And it's just, it just depends on what it is. Yeah. You see, today, today, I don't even know if it matters. Um, well, that, that's another question. I think that really, that goes because, to kind you of know, something, It really doesn't matter because of the damn finishes and all. You know, you got goofballs doing all the finishes. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, why, why would I want to bleed for some goofball who doesn't even know what he's talking about? You and know, that why would kinda, I want to do that? And that kind of goes to, to Rowdy's question about, you know, is it even necessary? And I guess... You know, no, no, I, I, no. If you can yeah. work, hey, let me tell you something. I, I, I drew a lot of blood, believe me. And I, I yeah. spilled a lot of blood in a lot of arenas. But I can tell you one thing. I could I could have a match with a, a friggin' broomstick. Yeah. And, and I'd have people up, up, you know, shouting and screaming. But yeah. you got to be able to work. It doesn't matter about the, you know, a lot of the guys that got a lot of the blood, you know, if you really start up and down, you know, and, and really do your time and and really do it right, Yeah, you don't need a lot of blood. Unless you got a hot angle. Like me and Casey, we spilled a lot of blood because Texas was all about blood, you know? Yeah, So anyway, sure. that was different. It's a whole different era. It doesn't really matter now because, you you know, they can't even tell the story right. So if you can't tell the damn story, why am I going to juice for you? You know, it doesn't Absolutely, matter. Absolutely, sure. Right, right. You know, now, it's, kind of, it's kind of an asinine point, fiction. you know what I mean? Go ahead, Rod. So, fact, fact or fiction? From what I heard from old-time wrestlers like Dusty Rhodes, um, uh, yeah, uh, D- Dusty Rhodes, and then they, they gig. Now... Is it fact that when you gig, you make more money, or is that fiction? Fiction. Uh, you know, it's all bullshit. It, it's like, you know, both of you either, either gig or you don't gig. You know, you, you're working for a one, you know, the angle. You know, you're working for the big picture, not not just just the gig. You know what I mean? It's just, sure. You know, that's well, it was Well, it was kind of, I, I think, Eddie... You may have even answered that question in that Stossel piece, as you know, one-sided as it was. You know right. the old expression where, where to, red turns, yeah, red turns to green. When and red turns to green, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that, that. You know that's the fact, really. And uh, but it was it was back when I was doing it. It was so overused. It, you know, yeah. it, it, it's not. Like today, it doesn't really matter. I'm just telling right. you, it just doesn't matter. And I wouldn't get myself today for nothing because I love myself Eddie, too much. We, right, we have a, we have um, about 
10 minutes left. Real okay. quick question for you. And maybe we can have a discussion on this. Um, difference between Southern wrestling and Northern based wrestling, philosophically and physically. Is there okay, a the difference? difference in- the difference in the difference in, in the wrestling up north was was is more stomping and kicking than it was wrestling. You know what I mean? Okay. Where 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 southern style is more up and down, boom bang boom, more high spot. You know what I mean? And and yeah, and more uh, wrestling holes and you know stuff like that. So it's more it's more classical wrestling. Than, you know, kicking, stomping, punching. Well, that was more the NWA. But when you get into Texas, Texas was more like uh, the Texas style was rough and rugged, you know, like up north. And so that's why I related well to all the guy, you know, fans up north because I was used to that kind of style. Not only was I a bump guy, I was one of the best yeah. bump guys in the, in the damn business. But Eddie, how, but when, how long were you up here? Huh? How long were you up here? I went, I, I, shoot, I went up there, I don't know, I was up there two, three, four different times, you know, years. You oh, know what I mean? Gotcha. In and okay. Because I, I would come from another territory in and out, boom, from LA. Oh, to, gotcha. Okay. From Atlanta to, you know what I mean? It's like, well, the reason I'm asking is I, I was, um, I was, of the understanding that uh, Vince McMahon Sr., uh, the old man, uh, as they called him, that I was under the understanding that he had some kind of a a trade agreement worked with other promoters that were his friends, that they would lend talent back and forth. To oh, your knowledge, did, did Vince have a, um, a working relationship with, uh, with Joe Blanchard or... Or a uh, uh, Fritz von Erich, or um, a Gary well, yeah. Hart, or somebody like that. Well, you got to remember back back in the day, Vince McMahon Sr. was part of uh, you know the Alliance. True. Of, Very true. Of, yeah. of, you know whether it was the NWA or whatever the hell they wanted to call it, it was yeah. all the promoters that, that would get together and you know and put their game plan together to. Uh, Kind of hold the wrestlers down, as you might say. But uh, yeah. anyway, it's he was part of that. The the old man was, and he was a very stand up kind of guy. Um, he really was. Senior was a good stand up man. Senior had something to do with uh, trading talent to Stu Hart, I believe. I don't really know Stampede. a lot about about yeah the Stampede stuff. I don't know. That's, uh, you know, I used to go in Toronto and London, Ontario and, and places like right. that, you know, and cause I, me and me and Terry Funk used to go into, uh, Detroit and, and junior about once a month for the sheep. Eddie. Right. Farhat. Okay. Yeah. And then we'd go over and, yeah. And then I'd go over to, you know, Toronto. I worked at a, a deal, you know, I had a big feud with Whipple Watson junior and, and some of these other guys, I can't remember half of them. But yeah, right. uh, you know, I was I was working, you know, I was going all over the country. And so I was, you know, I was blessed in that way. I really well, was. Well, I'll tell you what, brother, you are still blessed. Uh, 
you know, for all of the reasons we spoke about, but you are especially blessed because I'm your friend, and that's something well, to celebrate. I appreciate that, Angelo. That's it. And I appreciate you are, that. You are a, uh, a welcome force in my life. You are a welcome force on this show. You have a home here anytime you wish. And uh, Thank if, you. You ever, if you ever need a, a guest in a pinch, I'm there for you. Well, I got you. Hey, and be sure to Beautiful. plug Miles and Off all oh, over absolutely. the world with myself, Fat Fetty, the Continental Lover Mansfield, and um, Sonny from Glow. You got it. Summerland. I got to tell and, you, one um, of uh, we we have a connection to Glow on this program. Uh, one of the uh, one of the original Glow girls, Grimlina, is a good friend of the show. And um, uh, you know, Kaylee, another good friend of mine that you need to have on the show besides uh, Sunny is Roxy. Oh yeah, Roxy Astor, sure. Yeah, make sure you get Roxy on there, and you know, you tell her. That I'll I give her a call. call. I actually have Roxy's number. Okay, well, make sure you call her and tell her that I told you to call because Roxy I will. is really, and she's got a lot of stuff going on, and 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 I that would be a good show for you. I'm telling you. It would yeah, be well, really the last show. time that Roxy was on, we were uh, we were promoting the uh, Glow Cruise. It's called uh, the Afterglow Cruise. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. So any well, uh, final uh, but, but, hey, final then, parting shots? Yeah, final parting shot for me is this. You need to have myself and Sonny from Glow on your on your show one week and we'll light this son of a gun up for you. Absolutely. Beautiful. We can do that. I'll bring Absolutely. I'll bring some beauty with the beast. How about that? Well, I got the beast right here. He's sitting across from me. His name is Killer Tim Kilroy. <laughs> well, I'll bring the lover and, and some Sonny. How about that? There you go, brother. Eddie, thank you for joining me, my friend. Always a you got it. Thank you guys pleasure. so much. You I guys appreciate good? you, brother. I will give hey. you a holler tomorrow. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, good Eddie. Night, good night, Eddie Mansfield. Eddie Mansfield, everybody. Good night, Eddie. We'll talk to you tomorrow, brother. That was a great interview. That was a fabulous interview, Tim. Yeah, it was. Well, we broke you in good tonight, brother. <laughs> so your first night on the air with me, what do you think? I think, first of all, congratulations and kudos. You held your own against one of the fastest talkers in the business, <laughs> Fast Eddie Mansfield. That mm. ain't no easy task, by the way. I know, you know. Because he's been yeah, around then forever. Yeah, I asked the question, went quick, he came right back at me. I said, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, I want to tell everybody what we got going on next week. It is a big one. It is. You might want to sit back for this one because you're going to need some room. Watch this. We've got Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, the Sarge from WCW's power plant, joining the Sarge. On the same show, the new living legend himself, Larry Zabisco. We got two of them. It's a two-four show. It's a long show, and we're going to have a lot of fun. So, parting words for uh, 
for the rowdy one, where can people reach you? How can they get a hold of you, Rowdy? Well, you know, where can people reach me? Get reach me on on my Skype, which is Tim Kilroy67. Beautiful. And you have a Facebook somewhere Facebook. around there. Yeah, it's it's Tim Kilroy, Facebook. There you go. Terrific. Well, I'll tell you what, brother. For another week, we're going to say goodnight to everybody. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Join us as we wrestle with the future. Good night, all.